It is the Robert Lundberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can. Uh, you know, did I mention with the name, image, and likeness thing and Reggie Bush winning his Heisman Trophy back, I think they should give him a new presentation, new ceremony. You know, give him the trophy back. Oh, It was always the stupidest thing in the world to me that they would um, take away, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy or championship. Like, like we didn't think or know that the team won it. Like, does anybody go back and go, oh, that was the championship that doesn't count it because it was voided due to NCAA violations? No. I, I can't recall anyone ever in a real conversation saying that. That doesn't count. Or Reggie Bush's Heisman doesn't count. He violated NCAA rules, which sort of dovetails with the Shakari Richardson thing here. Like, yeah, it's the rule, but the rule's dumb, right? Uh, marijuana should not be on the banned substance list. She should be allowed to run in the Olympics, even though I do believe in personal responsibility. Um, however, if we're not going to change the rule now, when are we going to change the rule? That's the thing. And this is the the water, just like name, image, and likeness is a watershed moment for college sports. This should be a watershed moment for the Olympics and the World Anti-Doping Agency, or whatever these agencies are, just take weed off that list. No need. 855-212-4227. It's not a performance enhancer. It doesn't, uh, you know, do the even the damage of, say, alcohol to the, the human body as a recreational substance. So why is it there? Uh, and should be not be destroying Olympic dreams as a result. Let's go to Terry in Alabama. Terry, you're up with Robin Lundberg here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, man, and I enjoy your show, man. Enjoy it. Thank you. Every, every Saturday. Uh, yeah, they, they shouldn't uh, shouldn't stop her from running because uh, I have friends that played in the NBA and friends that played in the NFL. And uh, in the NFL, it's hard on the marijuana, but they will give you all the Vicodins you can take. Mm-hmm. And, they did, uh, to, to the NFL's credit, they did recently update the policy, but yes, that was the case. Yeah, they would give them. Well, my friends played. You know, I'm 60 yeah. years old now. So, <laughs> but uh, they uh, get, give you all the Vicodins you can take. But uh, and like one of my friends said, he, was, he took Vicodins within the third quarter before he even came to his senses, and he played three quarters of a game. But uh, the marijuana in the NBA and 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 and, and marijuana is there strains that uh, eliminate inflammation, and and you know it's much better for you without the side effects. And, you know, they, she should be able to run. And that's all I got to say about that. She should be able to run because there's healing properties in marijuana. Look, I mean, some people use it for, for use for a variety of reasons, right? And one of them yeah. is pain relief uh, or recovery, whatever you want to call it. Some of it is, is anxiety, man. Whatever the case may be, some of it is just recreation, period, right? Um, yeah. uh, sure. As far as the, the painkillers, I mean, here's how serious some places are taking those painkillers now because those are opioids, right, which is heroin essentially. Uh, and thanks for the call. Like that's, you know, that's the base. That's why you have the, this this problem, especially in like middle America with this opioid crisis and abuse, but it's being taken so seriously. My, uh, we just had a, a baby recently and my wife had a C-section, um, and which is a major surgery, you know, like the real major surgery. And they were hesitant about even giving her, uh, you know, Percocet or whatever it is. 
uh, one of the, one of those those pain pills because of the um the addiction problem and the the overdose problem that we've seen from those. And you're talking about you know a real legitimate reason to use it, you know, as prescribed by your doctor. So that's how dangerous some of that stuff is being deemed where a hospital is hesitant to give it out to somebody who just had a surgery versus something that, let's be real, not, nobody's thinking, you know, is, is doing that sort of damage to you in, in any way, shape, or form. Now, that, that's not really parallel to the Shakari Richardson situation so much, but, it, you know, it, it's just another data point comparison in broader terms. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Brian in British Columbia. Brian, you're up next on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Robin. Uh, yeah, in 90, 1998 in the Olympics, uh, we uh, had a snowboarder, Ross Regliati, that his medal was taken away because of uh, cannabis. But then it was pointed out to them that it wasn't on the list. The next year they put it on the list. Then in the Rio Olympics, they weren't going to test for cannabis. And now all of a sudden it's come back again. I mean, uh, uh, they got to get their ducks in a row here or whatever. Like, I'm sure some, like some of these athletes are like, your athlete down there, I think she's being targeted unfairly. She should be allowed to compete. Uh, that's my take on this. But uh, there's some countries that have this legal. It's legal up here. Some of your states are legal down there and you're, I guess your, your federal agency is still not legal. I'm not sure about that, but I think yeah, it's um, not federally it's not federally legal. Um, yeah. it, it is it is legal in an increasing uh, number of states. I believe the count is 18 plus DC. Um, but there's, and, a, there's, there's apparently there's a there's a level I guess that that they allow in this now and they uh, can't talk talk up before an event apparently, but. Well, this was not about that either. I mean, yes, there is a level, yeah. and, and, and thank you for the call. Um, there is a level at 150 nanograms. I, I don't know the measurement. Like, I can't tell you what that means in THC terms or when. But this has nothing to do with her, you know, taking weed before running. It had nothing to do with her performance or anything like that. It just had to do with it being in her system still. Um, and that's why her suspension was reduced or, or whatnot to one month. Uh, you know, but you mentioned you said down there is a bit. I'm not talking about this because she's American. I mean, I might be talking about it because she's American because it's a bigger story here because she's American and because she was very likely to win the gold medal in the 100 meter, which is one of the biggest events in in the Olympics. All that, sure. The mat, like if this was a, uh, I'm trying to think of an obscure summer sp- sport. I mean, if this was, you know, the javelin, that's the thing that keeps getting thrown out there. I, I don't re- recall you know, following the javelin in the past. This was something like this, and it was a javelin thrower from Iceland. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it wouldn't be the story that it is, sure. But I, I'm not making the case I'm making because she's American. I would make this case for literally anyone that this happened to if it was a talking point. I mean, I would make the case for it, period. But if we were talking about it because it was relevant to the audience, I would make the case for anyone in any sport. Regardless, has nothing to do, you know, what country they're from, what sport they're in. It has nothing to do with her being American, as far as my point of view on it. 855-212-4227. Ron in Green Bay. Ron, you're up next here on CBS Sports Radio. What's going on? Hey, Robin. Thanks for allowing me to talk. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really 
clear and really simple. I mean, there's there's a line drawn in the sand. If you go past the line and it's illegal, you're out. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how people can possibly come in and think that it's one way or another. I mean, it's a rule. If you step out of bounds with the football, you're out of bounds. If you if you're not allowed to have it in your system, you're not allowed to have it in your system. How can people? I mean. It's it's as poorly thought as the fact that you could take estrogen as a man and you can then go play against women. I mean, it's just ridiculous the way that people are looking at the way rules are. Rules are rules, and they should start actually locking it down harder and not bending as much as they're bending. Well, uh, well I have no idea where the estrogen thing comes in in, in the context of this conversation. I mean, you, it's just you're the even wackiness having... that's going on. Well, uh, look, you have women who are are being, I believe, withdrawing from competition because they're being asked to take uh, something to lower their testosterone level, even though that's their natural testosterone level. So that's a whole different sure. can, can sure. of worms, and, and I don't think is applicable here at all. Uh, as far as what you're, you're saying, though, and, and I said this from the beginning of the show from here on, Ron, I cannot argue, I will not argue, because it's an inarguable point with the take that it, these are the rules, she knew the rules, she broke the rules, she's being punished for the rules. That is a fact, right? So I'm not arguing with that. True. What I'm saying is the rule is dumb, right? And if we, 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 if, if we can all acknowledge the fact that she broke the rules and she's being punished for breaking the rules, that's just a matter of fact. If the majority of us are also saying the rule is dumb and shouldn't exist, when do we get to that part? And what better time than now rather than having this happen again? And then we have the same conversation over and over again, and we go in a circle because there's no reason, in my opinion, for this to be a rule. There's no reason for her to be punished. You know, I understand why, but I don't understand why, if you get what Robin, I'm saying. Robin, let me – So, so <coughs> Can I I'm saying you? use this as the, 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 the uh, face, the, the event, the moment that changes the rule. Sure. So, so you're, pro, you're pro marijuana, though. You're pro the fact that, what do you say, 18 states are okay with marijuana currently, but then there are, what's the balance, 32 that are well, not? I, so you're okay with that thought yes. process. Yes. It, it's Well, first of all, a couple things. One, the, that's a majority opinion. You know, there's, there's not many things that get bipartisan support and support across the board from age and demographics and, and different ethnic backgrounds and all that. That's one of them. Two, it, this is based on, you know, we say pro-marijuana. It's based on logic. Um, you know, based on what is on their list and how they enforce it. It is not a performance enhancer. So you check that box and, you know, it's, you know, why would, why would certain substances be banned? Well, it's not a performance enhancer. Uh, so it, it shouldn't be banned for that reason. And then you go back to the list and you look at what's banned and what's not. Alcohol is not on the prohibited list. Objectively speaking, this is not my opinion. Objectively speaking, alcohol is more harmful for you than marijuana. So if that's the standard for things recreational drugs that are not on the prohibited list why would marijuana be on the list so it just doesn't sure. make sense yeah i i understand where you're going with that logic line <clears throat> but when something is illegal it's illegal and well, so it wasn't it wasn't illegal where she did it by the way it wasn't illegal where she did it it wasn't illegal where she did it it was oregon no but it no but it's illegal though it's illegal no, to it's, have it's it federally illegal compete. it's not it, it wasn't it, it's against the it rules compete. that's not illegal there's a, I mean, yeah, okay, okay. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm nitpicking touché. and parsing your words, but yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's not illegal. Yeah, touche. Yeah, no, all I'm saying is that, and, and, and I get what you're, where you're going with it, and I get that the United States is going in that direction, and I get that there's very good uses for glaucoma and a lot of different things. But currently, 
It's not. And I know that you're saying, hey, this might be a segue that in a longer term, it'll actually turn into something that, hey, if we look back at it in, in 20 years, should have never happened. But it did happen. And maybe that was the watershed moment. But, but, but the bottom yeah, line so when is do we get she to, broke that's the, the rules point. and when, she should yes, be out. We know she broke the rules. But when do we get to that point? Like, right? Like, I mean, the, the, it's, a, it's a foregone conclusion from the way that the, the state by state, the law is changing. It's going to federally change. Eventually, it's going to be legal across the United States. It's a foregone conclusion from a business standpoint that it's going to happen because it is now a multi-billion dollar industry. And people from all across the board are trying to get in on that. Uh, It doesn't make sense from a competitive athletic standpoint for it to be banned. So, sure, I concede, as I will continue to concede, by the letter of the rules, by the, 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 the literal interpretation, she did, broke the rule, and she's being punished as it says in the rule. But why are we waiting to change the rule then? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, you know, and and I understand what you're saying. And but they can't change the rule in the middle of a process. The Olympics are going on. They're obviously everything's well, moving they in could. that direction. I mean, so they could. After the, the NCAA well, just changed, the NCAA just changed all their rules in one day. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, like, are, are they in the middle of the season though, Robin? Sure. Look, does it have to no. be? Because look, it, like I said earlier, it, it may be tough for her. It may wind up just as bad break for her. Uh, you know, bad break that's self-inflicted in a sense. Uh, again, uh, she was dealing with the loss of her mother, which context and, and the mental health aspect of this should come into the conversation as well. But the then change it going forward as a result of this. You know, however it works, we shouldn't have yeah. another Shakari. Uh, Richardson situation. Yeah, and, and I agree. And then you should do it after the Olympics are over from that point forward. You don't do it during the process is all I'm saying. The, the, to say the NCAA, it's not during the process right now, Robin. The, the season isn't in Well, the, the, in the NCAA motion. only it had nothing to do with their season. The NCAA well, changed the rule because the laws changed in those states on Thursday. That's why the NCAA changed. It was a direct cause and effect. Uh, and thanks for the call. A direct cause and effect with the laws changing. That's why the NCAA changed, period. Mitch in Jersey. Mitch, you're up next. What's going on? How's it going, Robin? Happy, uh, Good. Happy fourth. Same to you. Yeah, first is Otani. Um, I think I give him the MVP. Uh, he's in trouble. I think I mean, he's half the size of Aaron Judge, and he's hitting these bombs. He's having a much better year. MVP is his. When my truck comes back, I don't know how that team is not doing better. I don't know. Maybe one day he'll, he'll win the MVP in the Young. And with the Dodgers, he's he's the one guy that got away from the Dodgers, Otani, and they chose um, Trevor Bauer over Cole. I think it's gonna burn them too. I think the guys uh, got some uh, couple of screws loose up there. Well, I mean, Mitch, thanks for the call, man. Uh, Trevor I'm Bauer good. thing is, is people, look. Trevor Bauer had a reputation. I don't think it, it wasn't the Dodgers were not alone in, in bidding for his services, though, right? Um, I think Major League Baseball has handled that situation appropriately. I, I think the only way to handle a situation like that is to press pause on it. He could not, you know, in my opinion, I, I, I he could not start on Sunday um, with the kind of serious allegations that have been levied against him, like horrific allegations. Um, at the same time, you have to be fair to all parties involved. That includes the alleged victim. That includes Trevor Bauer. So you pause the situation. You wait for all the facts to come in, and you render your judgment 
based on on the the facts of the matter and what is proven to be you know the, the truth or or the the best version of the truth that you can prove. Um, and, and that's why I think they're actually handling it appropriately. Beyond that, I don't have much to say on it because there's not much to say um, beyond that. Uh, and But as far as teams that were looking to sign Trevor Bauer, I don't think this was part of the context of that decision. Um, it, it happened to come out afterwards, and the, the details of the allegations are, of course, horrifying. But the, the way to handle it is to pause it until you get all the, the information, then you hand out the discipline, the judgment, the punishment, what have you, based on that, um, in the interest of the, the fairness to all parties involved, both uh, the, the accuser and the accused. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. You know, Chris Paul, um, one of my stock lines about Chris Paul was always, I, he doesn't need a, a championship to prove to me he's a winner, right? But now he's right there. And you wonder just how much he needs this championship to stamp his career um, being in these in the finals. And, and I wonder, does it change things? How much does it change things for him if he wins? I mean, you already have him on lists, right? Like, if you're you're ranking the top five point guards of all time, top, I, I don't think he's outside of anyone's top ten point guards of all time. And ranking point guards is always tough. Perhaps the trickiest position to rank because of two factors. One, the way that the you know the game has morphed where you have people who want it to be a traditional point guard versus, you know, more of a, a, a shooting point guard. You know, Steph Curry is the point guard of the Golden State Warriors. He doesn't play like a traditional point guard. Um, you know, Allen Iverson at times was was was, was he a one? Was he a two, right? And then the the playmakers who aren't technically point guard, right? Uh, LeBron, for instance, you know, if you're if you're just going by how they play rather than their position designation, LeBron James is the greatest point guard of all time. And guys like Luka Doncic, James Harden, you know, are, are they point guards? James Harden was the point guard for the Nets when he got there, even playing alongside Kyrie Irving. Luka, you know, is kind of like LeBron in that sense or Harden in that sense, right? So that that makes it more difficult as as the position goes. But if we're if I'm, we're defining it by players whose positional designation was point guard. And not like swing, you know, Ivan Iverson, point guard and shooting guard. Uh, James Harden, shooting guard for parts of his career, point guard. You know, like they're swinging a little bit. LeBron was technically a small forward. If you're, you're just going by like position designation point guards. Um, you've got Magic Johnson and Steph Curry. Those are the top two. You could, you know, I think Magic Johnson is considered by most the greatest point guard of all time. I think you could make the case that Steph is the best point guard of all time. Peak value, the way he changed the game. And then the fight is for third on that list. And Chris Paul, some people might already put him there. Isaiah Thomas, obviously, 
has a strong case. Um, Oscar Robertson's another one who falls into a a little bit of a um, you know nebulous area. Played before my time as well. John Stockton. John Stockton's historically underrated given where he ranks on the assists and steals list. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was a tremendous player. I mean, leading the New Jersey Nets to the back-to-back finals. Um, even, you know, the the adaptation of his career where he became a role player, you know, winning that title with the Mavericks. Steve Nash. Two-time MVP. I mean, I would, if it's my list, I'm probably going Magic and Curry, Curry and Magic, whatever order you want to wind up putting that when those guys are done. And then that third spot, I mean, I, I, it's got to be between, I mean, it's Zeke, Stockton, CP3, Kid, and Nash. And, you know, over the, the course of his career, I might start leaning Chris Paul for that spot. And maybe that title is what, maybe that's what the title does for CP3. Is it puts him at number three? You know, it's because I think a lot of people are going to be hesitant to put him over Isaiah Thomas, a, a two-time champ on, you know, an all-time great team. The, the bad boy Pistons. <laughs> people forget the you know it's in the the um last dance stock and everything but they went three and one against michael jordan it's not like michael jordan um you know was was eliminating them on on every every year basis it that was the team he conquered you know that was the team he had to get past and isaiah thomas was the the face of that team and and the competitor to the point where, you know, there there's still that degree of animosity between he and MJ. But, I mean, MJ had to conquer. Back when Rodman was a piston, Mike was losing to Isaiah, but he soon would get his sixth one. Jay Z lyric for you, but he had to conquer the bad boy Pistons. And. That might put Zeke at number three on a lot of people's lists. Again, like I said, I, I John Stockton's got to be right there. Kid and Nash, I don't even know who I'd take between Kid and Nash. That's a dead heat for me. But I think that's what, what a championship for Chris Paul has a chance to do is, is put him in that top three, if not just solidify him in everybody's top five when it comes to the, the greatest point guards of all time. And he's had an interesting career because, I mean, people thought he was finished when that he kept breaking down a little bit in Houston and he got shipped for, for Westbrook and look what he did in OKC. Now look what he's he's done for Phoenix. And the circumstances would have, have broken for him completely, no question. No question. Um, But... In this case, he also would have done it without, you know, being on some stack roster. I know how people don't like that. 
You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. Matt in Green Bay, you're on The Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on, Matt? Hey, man, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, point guards you were talking about. Yep. You know, I think the NBA's regular season is incredibly just wasted time. I mean, in the grand scheme of evaluating the greatness of these guys, it's in the regular season, it's kind of an expedition. You gotta wait till you see what they do in the playoffs. It's it's similar. It's different than like in the NFL. You know, in the NFL, the regular season matters. In the NBA, it doesn't. Because of that, two people. One, I think Tony Parker needs a little more love. Yes, he was with Duncan and Ginobili, but he did what a point guard is supposed to do. He was part of that big three. I think he should he should get a little bit more Fair accolades. Enough. But Steve Nash, I think Steve Nash is grossly overrated historically. The Dallas Mavericks got better when they got rid of him. He never won anything in the playoffs. He was a regular season gimmick player, and he didn't play defense. It's a joke that he's a two-time MVP in the grand scheme of things. I think Steve Nash should not be in the top ten at all. Uh, well, look, that's that you're being incredibly harsh. Uh, as far as as you know, the, you could argue the MVPs um, could have gone to somebody else. But to, to act like, you know, first of all, the Mavericks, there's a lot of context. It's not like it was cause and effect. Look what happened to the, the, the Suns when they got Steve Nash. And secondly, Steve Nash was a good playoff player. It's not like he was bad in the playoffs. His t- he didn't win the championship, but it's not like he's losing in the first round every year either. He played a lot of playoff games and, and played, you know, pretty well. In, in the playoffs as well, comparable to his, his regular season numbers in some ways. So do you want to hold that against him in the conversation against these very best? That's fine with me. Like if you want to say the difference between me and Steve Nash and, and some of these guys could be that playoff success, that's, that's a fair enough differentiator when you're, you're having that nitpicky sort of conversation. But if you want to say he's – a bum or doesn't belong in any conversations because of the playoffs. That's not fair. Um, You know, that, that doesn't do justice to the kind of player that he was. And, and I, I'll concede to you that the regular season is, uh, you know, not as important in the NBA, but I also wouldn't call, you know, regular season accomplishments meaningless either. Steve Nash's regular season averages across his career, 14 points, Eight and a half assists, 49% shooting, 43% from three. His postseason averages are, for his career, 17.3 points, 8.8 assists. So he actually went up in points and assists per game while going slightly down in percentages. But that was just one topic we've covered today. Time to get to all the rest I have not gotten to as of yet in another one. All right, Anthony, what is up first? All right, so after the Suns sent uh, the Clippers home, defeating them 130-103, to Paul George said things would have ended differently if Kawhi Leonard wasn't injured. We'd be going on, George said after Game 6, when asked the outcome of the series if Leonard played. The series would be a lot different, George said. Talk about one of the best players in the league being out, yet we were inches away from getting to the next round. So definitely... It's a what-if on this. Fact of the matter is we didn't do enough to win. 
And that's the reason we're going home, George explained. Is Paul George right that the Clippers would have made the finals if Kawhi was healthy? I mean, certainly as a case, I don't know for a fact, right? Like, I, I don't know. But, yes, they would have had a much better chance. Uh, would I have picked them if Kawhi was healthy? Probably. So I, I can't say he's wrong, given how competitive that series was without Kawhi Leonard. I, I think what Paul George did was retire the pandemic P nickname. You, you don't have to call him Playoff P if, if you, you don't want to, but you can no longer call him Pandemic P. He, he's too much. He's too good a player to get mocked the way he has been mocked. And, and there's a difference between critiqued and, and mocked. I know what Charles Barkley was talking about, like criticized and critiqued when he was saying that people aren't too harsh on Paul George. I'm talking about like the Internet. And, and maybe some of these guys aren't on the Internet and, you know, maybe, you know, it'd be healthier for some players to not be on the Internet. But Paul George was mocked on the Internet and he doesn't deserve that. I mean, I, I believe he led the entire postseason in points and, and minutes thus far, at least heading into the finals. Um, so he played great. But, yeah, uh, do I like the Clippers chances a lot better with Kawhi Leonard? Mm hmm. Would I have picked them in that series with Kawhi Leonard? Probably. Uh, probably. Can I say definitively they would have won with Kawhi Leonard? I can't say that for certain, but it, it's not a, a wild thing for Paul George to say at all. It's a very understandable thing for Paul George to say because as good as Paul George is, Kawhi Leonard's better, <laughs> right? Kawhi Leonard's in the conversation with the very best players in the entire game. Paul George is that next tier of player, but Paul Kawhi Leonard's up, you know, when you're talking about the KDs and the, the, the LeBrons and the... Uh, uh, you know, Stephs and, and Hardens and, and Giannis's and, and guys of that ilk, Kawhi is, is, is in that group. Um, and, and so, yeah, not having him is, is a huge loss. What's next? So as we know, Ben Simmons could be traded this offseason after a disappointing performance in the NBA playoffs. According to Bleacher Report, the Sixers recently turned down an offer from the Pacers that included Malcolm Brogdon, and a first-round pick. If you were the Sixers, would you find this deal appealing? Well, look, I, I think you have to tackle a couple things. What is Ben Simmons' worth? You know, because he's not, he's not worthless, uh, it, despite what, what, you know, the, the very immediate mood might be. He's still a, a young player with, with a lot of potential in the right situation. I think Ben Simmons uh, needs to be in a spot where He's surrounded by shooting. He should probably be playing bigger than he is instead of a point guard, more more a center, to be honest, all the way up to the five. Um, with, with the dis distribution abilities, uh, playing sort of a Draymond role at times. Um, I think Philly really needs a shot creator. Uh, and Brockton could – I like Malcolm Brockton. He's a good player. Um, but I, I think they, they really need that prototypical – create for themselves player from the perimeter. I mean, um, CJ McCollum is a, uh, a decent example. I think that, that I've seen brought up in regards to Ben Simmons. Um, so I, I understand, you know, Philly's probably looking for a little bit more return. If you're to believe rumors, there was a, a, a point in time where Ben Simmons was the centerpiece of a trade for James Harden, <laughs> you know? So, um, I, I wonder if they're they're going to trade him at all. Um, I I think they have to look into it. I think that's their, their best path to getting better. But you also don't have to make the first deal that comes onto the table either. What's next? 
Uh, one more here on Ben Simmons as uh, he turned down the opportunity to play for his native Australia in the Olympics. Simmons wants to remain in the United States and continue working on his skills. Doc Rivers has a plan and belief that Simmons can improve his offensive game over the summer. But would it have been better for Simmons to participate in the Olympics and get those live reps? Um, you know, I think he's not going to get that that individualized skill training at the Olympic level. He's going to be part of the team. Um, so if he it truly is dedicated to working on specific aspects of his game, I yeah, I, I do think he's better off away from the Olympics. I understand the point of view of you know the coaching he would get at the Olympics, the, the players he'd be around at the Olympics, but we're talking about locking in on specific things. A thousand jump shots a day, a thousand baby hooks a day. You know, like that sort of stuff. You just can't do that in the framework of the Olympics because you're preparing for the team. You know, you have to learn the, the plays for the team. You have to learn the defensive rotations for the team. You have to do all that stuff. It's not the Ben Simmons development hour. So I understand why being away from the Olympics would be the better move if that is indeed the reason he's not playing on Team USA. What's next? So Serena Williams retired from Tuesday's first-round Wimbledon match in the opening set after slipping on the grass court and suffering an injury. Williams attempted to play through the discomfort and was in tears as she waved goodbye to the Wimbledon crowd. Her status for the U.S. Open is up in the air. Williams remains one grand slam behind Margaret Court for the all-time record, which is at 24. Yes or no, will Williams get number 24? Oh, man. I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but I'm actually leaning no. Uh, having seen how she looked the other day, um, having seen you know her against the, the likes uh, of Naomi Osaka as of late, um, yeah, I, I'm, I just... I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, you say retires from the tournament. It's like such a strong word, retires, right? You hear that word and you think uh, she's done. Um, and, and it's not like she's a bad player, of course, but she's just nowhere, nor should she be reasonably expected to be in her prime. And, and it would take, you know, it's going to take just like she, uh, that, that right moment in time, everything, all that stuff clicking for her where she has a little bit of a, you know, a flashback. To, to her prime and, and I, I just don't know as she continues to get older um, as she's dealing with these injuries if, if that's going to happen so I actually have to lean um, slightly no what's next so with Dak Prescott and most of his injured teammates on the mend a full offseason program and Mike McCarthy's system and new coordinator Dan Quinn optimism is rising in Dallas Dak Prescott said this week, we're excited for this year. It's going to be very, very special for us and for Cowboys fans. Do you share Prescott's optimism on the 2021 Cowboys? Look, I understand where Dak Prescott's coming from. And the, the, I don't know, you know the moves that the Cowboys made that I can sit here and tell you they, they drastically improved the team to the point where I, I would, you know, say that with the, the utmost confidence, but they drastically improved at quarterback. And if it were any other team and they made as big an improvement as the Cowboys did at quarterback from last year to next year, then we would be taking them seriously, especially in the division they're in. So I, I have, you know, special, special year. I have reservations about that. But 
are are the Cowboys entering the the season as the favorites in that division? Probably, right? I mean, I, I could look it up to see if that's that's literally true, but probably. And and I I get where Dak Prescott is coming from, um, if that's what he's saying, because he should feel that way. You know, he he should feel that way. Let me look at the division. Yeah, they're the the favorites to win the NFC East. So I I don't think that's a a wild comment by any stretch of the imagination. What's next? And finally, you had uh, mentioned Bret Hart earlier, and of course, uh, you know, he was part of one of the, the great tag teams in, in history, the Hart Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but this week, the WWE, they released their list of the greatest tag teams of all time, and they had the New Day as number one. Uh, the Hardy Boys earned the number two spot. The Hart Foundation was three. Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys rounded out the top five. Who was your favorite tag team growing up? Mm. I I really like the Heart Foundation. I really like the Rockers and Demolition. Uh, those were definitely my my favorites growing up. In, in my uh, you know, and, and I, I give an extra nod to to the Heart Foundation and the Rockers because of how successful their their solo guys became. Both Bret the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels. So it would probably be between those two. Um, though I, I like the New Day as a pick. I almost think of them as more of a faction, but they put a spin. Uh, on a uh, tag team with a third person. So perhaps it is indeed a new day. <laughs> My son has a dance he likes to do to the new day's theme music as well. But, uh, you know, that that's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Edge and Christian uh, come to mind. Demolition, the Road Warriors, the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys. I'm trying to think of uh, of other great tag teams over the years. The Rock and Sock Connection, Harlem Heat from the other company. But the Midnight say- Express. Yeah, I would say the Rockers and the Hart Foundation for me. Um, they would go against the British Bulldogs at that time. It's been the, the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Back next Saturday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Ken Carmen's up next. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.